Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Bootstrap Hawaii. This is Ryan Isaki, your host, master of ceremonies. I don't even know why I said that. Anyways, today we're continuing on with our discussion about Lesson Underground. Uh, if you're tuning in, this is a project of mine for 2016 about what my thought process is and what I'm doing to get my new company, LessonUnderground.com, going up and running and hopefully making a little bit of money. Actually, this company, I don't even care if it makes money. I just want to make, make it so people can use it because I think it's a great idea. But anyways, I digress as usual. So for a little bit of backstory, if you want to know what Lesson Underground is, it's a music lesson marketplace that students can come in and post what they want to learn, what song they want to learn, what technique they want to learn. And we have a bunch of teachers on the site that can help them learn it. So we have like a booking engine built and a chat system and a messaging system. And it's basically an easy way for a student to get instant gratification or semi-instant, I guess they have to kind of wait till their lesson. But you know, if you've been working on a, trying to figure out a song for a year and you haven't been able to find it online, being able to learn it in one Skype lesson is pretty cool. So that's the idea behind this project. We launched, soft launched it last November and uh, to not much fanfare. And um, yeah, so now it's not working. It's obvious it's not really working like how I wanted it to work. And so this podcast is dedicated to getting it to the point where it's working or and uh, documenting all the steps to do that. So let's give a little bit of backstory, I guess, not backstory, excuse me, but just what we're going to talk about today is things I think I did right for the pre-launch, things I think I did wrong, um, things I would do differently this time around, and most importantly, my plan for this week and maybe next week too, we'll see how it goes, but my plan for this week what I intend to get done to take these first steps to once again revalidate the idea and to get these customers, you know, figure out. My goal for this week actually is not to get the customers to do anything other than to help me learn more about them and what their problems are and how we can solve it. And so let's get right into it. The first things we're going to go over is what things I did wrong. And this, all the things that I did wrong. So there's a lot of things that I did wrong. Basically, it all boils down to laziness because of the fact that we had money to spend. And it's not like we're rich or anything. Like my co-founder, Aaron, and I, we, we, we put in like, you know, $25,000 or something. And it's not like, it's a, it's a lot of money for us. So it's not like we're, we have like money to just throw around and stuff. But we have, you know, Ukulele Nera is doing well. And we have like money to spend. And I'm sure a lot of people out there would be like, man, if I had $50,000 to spend, I'd be super happy. So, but... I'm here to tell you that in my experience that when you have a lot of money, and this is just recent first-hand experience, is that you kind of become intellectually lazy and you don't try to solve problems in the most um, creative way or maybe, and maybe it's just like not the best way to do it. And so to give a little story about Ukulele Underground, if you listened to the last episode, you know we started that company with $300, $100 from each of us because we had no money. I was 25 and... Aaron and Aldrin were 23. So we're kind of just out of college in our first jobs. And Aaron, Aldrin is actually still in college. And basically, you know, 300 bucks is all we had. We paid for hosting the domain and vBulletin forum. And we used WordPress for our, our content management system. And so like that, that's all the money. We didn't have any money. Oh, actually, we spent another $100 buying ukulele for our first giveaway, which we had like some kind of like first launch contest giveaway thing. And so that's where all the money went. That's 300 bucks right there. And so to get money coming in, we 
had like um, t-shirt pre-sales. So like we made printed t-shirts and because we were fortunate enough to have like an audience already by that time, because of the ukulele lessons we were putting up, we uh, did some pre-sales and people pre-ordered t-shirts. We used the, that pre-order to buy the t-shirts and then a little bit of profit from that. We took that and did another pre-order and uh, used the profit from that. And then from there, we kind of had enough money to do some other things. And uh, I started cold calling people, companies to advertise on our site. And I cold called some other people to like, uh, not cold call, cold email, cold call um, to get like some things to give away because we did that first giveaway and that worked really well to driving traffic in. So I cold called the company that for the ukulele, that made the ukulele that we gave away the first time. And I said, hey, we did a giveaway, did really well. It'd be really cool, I think. And it would really promote your brand if you gave us some ukuleles to give away. And he gave us two or three more ukuleles. And so that's how we kind of went from there. And we, we didn't have any money. And so we were forced to be creative as far as like marketing and customer acquisition and all these things. And building the site was like, oh, what kind of WordPress things can we use? Because it's free and we're not going to pay a developer to, to do it because we can't do it. And I, I have a background in web design and development, but I'm not like a high level dev. I can do like simple PHP, MySQL stuff. And so, but, but this is a huge digression from the main idea is that when you have money, you tend to become intellectually lazy. And this is kind of my big beef with venture capital too, especially for first time entrepreneurs. But that can be something we talk about much later. This is that there's a reason why anyway that this podcast is called Bootstrap Hoy and why I'm a big believer in self-funding, at least your first business. Anyways, so a lot of the mistakes I made came were basically from we got lazy because we had money to spend and we we weren't as careful with the a lot of things. And the most thing that we were we didn't do are that's like terrible English, but uh, the thing that I think we we failed the worst at felt the best at we were the best at failing at this thing is we didn't try to invalidate a lot of the assumptions that we had and uh, assumptions are assumptions for a reason you know you think these things are no-brainers but in business you will come to find that a lot of things need to be tested in fact everything should be tested I, I'm not a believer in everything should be tested but a lot of things should be tested but basically you know we assumed product market fit because we ran that practice sessions I mean not practice sessions um, private song lessons previously in the last episode I talked about that and that was the impetus for the idea um, but that was a different delivery method for the solution so the problem is there you know people want to learn songs people want to learn these things they can't find them online they're willing to pay but the delivery method um, for private song lessons was much more like set it and forget it come back we'll tell you when it's done well this is a lot more takes a lot more engagement from the customer and a lot more initiative because they need to like, you know, hire the teacher and find the teacher and uh, book the lesson and show up for the lesson. It's a lot more steps for the student to do. And so in hindsight, you know, these are, each of those steps is like a small little hump that they have to get over. And so there's a lot of things that we didn't take into account because we just were, we didn't take the time to invalidate that assumption. So Invalidation of an idea is something that Heaton Shaw talks about, who's another entrepreneur online who, he's done some fantastic things and he's incredibly smart. I consider him one of the, you know, smartest people putting out content for, if you really want to learn how to build a business, you listen to Heaton Shaw. But he talks about um, invalidating ideas rather than validating ideas. Meaning, when you have an idea, what you want to do is you don't want to try to prove yourself correct. You want to try to prove to yourself that this thing is not going to work. Um, and you do that in, in various ways, you know, but a lot of that is contact with customers and trying to see if 
you know, this thing is not something that they'll pay for. And you try to go for it at that angle, like trying to convince them not to, to do it or not to buy it because if they're, at the end of the day, they're like, no, no, this is something that I really need. You know that you're onto something that could, you know, these people might be chomping at the bit for rather than, you know, um, just trying to validate your idea to make yourself feel better. What you generally will get is like you'll, you'll self-select some kind of people who are nicer to you and people that are going to be like, oh, yeah, that's a good idea, like your friends, but you're not going to force them to take out their credit card or something. So basically, invalidating an idea, forcing people to pay you up front is one example of that. Noah Kagan talks about that a lot. Collecting money up front is a really good way to invalidate an idea because people will, will want to tell you nice things, but when you ask them to whip out a credit card, unless they really believe in the idea, they're not going to do it, no matter how much of a good friend they are. And maybe if they're like a really, really good friend or your mom, they'll do that. But that's a, So we didn't invalidate a lot of these ideas. Another thing I should have really... Actually, this one, this is, this one I, there's no way that I would have known this because it's just not something that would have ever crossed my mind. And there's a saying that no product or business survives first contact with customers. This is, a, this is a textbook example of that. So I had assumed that if we were, to, if we were able to bring in students, if the this assumption was if we were able to bring in students, that the teachers would be more than happy to do anything they could to get these students to teach them lessons. And so uh, that's not what happened. Basically, I, I thought about like, how I would approach it, you know, if I was good enough to teach lessons on Lesson Underground and... I, I know I said I was a professional musician for close to 10 years, but that, that's not because I'm great at playing guitar or anything. It's just because I was always, I always put myself into situations where I was around better musicians and really good musicians. And I kind of just like tagged along with them and they'd be like, hey, Ryan, you want to play guitar for me? And I'd be like, shoots. And that's how I was a professional musician. It was not like I was the one selling tickets for my show. I was like a professional musician in that sense where I'm backing up people. Anyways, so, like, if I was good enough, anyways, to teach on Lesson Underground, what I would be doing is, oh, there's, like, seven people here that want to take lessons? I'm going to hit up every single one and, like, negotiate with them and try to sell them until they, you know, say yes or tell me to fuck off or whatever. But I'm not going to give up until I get a definitive yes or no answer. Uh, but that's not how these teachers approached it. And I think this selling themselves is something that I never thought about is actually quite challenging for people. And that's part of what I'm going to be doing when I get down to the, you know, that part of it, the next steps for that is really talking to these teachers and finding out if my assumption there is that, you know, maybe marketing themselves is not the easiest. Maybe they'll be, they'd benefit from us matchmaking for them and things like that. So that's, that's further down this show. Anyway, so like, yeah, teacher behavior was not something that I had envisioned, you know, was going to be an issue, but it, my assumption was totally incorrect, totally off the mark. And this is why you need to kind of be aware, like be mindful of your assumptions and it's something that you really want to be mindful of. And also the third thing is, you know, the assumption of student behavior, which kind of goes hand in hand with um, market validation, product market fit validation, and also, you know, testing to see if these people are going to be willing to pay for lessons. And that's something that I had assumed as well, you know, like if you want to learn something, you're going to have to pay for it. Maybe they thought it was going to be free or Maybe my messaging wasn't clear enough. So that's something I'm going to need to talk to them about. And I'll get to that, what I'm going to be doing in the next few weeks soon. So that's kind of the things that I did wrong. Most of it, like I said, derives from being lazy with the execution because of the fact that we had money. If you don't have money, so say you're listening to this podcast and you have no money, 
Like you have like as much money as we had when we were, when I was 25 and Audrey and Iron were 23, you have like a thousand dollars in the bank account. You can't float 50 grand. Good. That's like perfect for starting a business because it's going to force you to be creative and you're not going to do dumb shit like how I did. And so it's good for you. Like, you know, I'm, 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 envi- I'm almost envious, not quite because I like my house and stuff, but I'm almost envious uh, of that. Um, so let's get into things that I think I did right because I think there's, I like to say that there's a lot more you can learn from things that you do right than you, than you do wrong because a lot of people like to, to dwell on failure and say like, oh, you know, I learned a lot from failure. You actually don't learn a lot from failure. You learn what not to do, like a specific thing that didn't work. Well, shit, there's like a billion things that's not going to work, you know? And so like if you, if you spent all this time like thinking about your failures and you never had any success, then you're not going to, there's no guarantee that you're going to be able to, um, to have success because you could knock off, like you could fail like 50,000 times and never discover what it takes to, to, to work or to get things to work. And so if you know that you did something right and some, you, you found some traction, you, you analyze that. And so that's what I want to do with this. And I'm fortunate enough that I can kind of analyze what I did with Ukulele Underground because those, some of those things worked. And so I can kind of follow that path and, um, but anyways, lesson on the ground, things that I think I did right was we built this product with the, with the problem in mind, problem at the forefront, meaning we didn't come up with this idea that's like a lot of, so this is a problem that I think a lot of first-time entrepreneurs and also even more so engineers, software engineers run into is that they think like, hey, I could do this. Like, this is a cool idea. You know, wouldn't it be cool if this, and I, I think there's a bunch of like, you know, a lot of people say like, oh, scratch your own itch, which is true to a certain extent, but you have to start with a problem in mind. And Lesson Underground is designed to solve a specific problem that we knew people had. And so that is something that's really good. Um, you never want to just start a business based upon like, hey, wouldn't it be cool this and not have like a, a real problem that people are having. And the way to find out if you have a real problem that other people have is you go and talk to them. And you engage with your customers. And that's, that, that's what you should do before you even do uh, any kind of building of the product, you know? And so that's kind of segues into, into number two is that something I think we did right or I did right was I built a pre-launch mailing list. I said in the last uh, episode that it was, wasn't as big as I wanted it to be, but it still was, you know, a few hundred people on it, which is not bad. Um, not entirely bad. And when we launched, when we did our soft launch, we had some customers come in right away, some users come in right away. And so now I can, I'm able to do the things that I'm going to do, you know, this week because of that. When you launch a business, you never want to just build it um, and hope they'll come when you're done. You know, a lot of, this is again, not to knock on software engineers, but software engineers, they have this problem because of the fact that they're awesome. You know, like they have this, ability of like a software god where they can create whatever they want to create like they, anything they can imagine they're good enough to build it and that's where it gets dangerous because of the fact that you can you can do these things that you're comfortable with i.e building software without doing the things that you're uncomfortable with i.e talking to customers which is actually what you need to do before you build anything and so the pre-launch mailing list was good and and there's some there's a, there's a downside to that too because the pre-launch mailing list you know 250 people without with minimal marketing, like I said, I didn't really market it as well as I should have. 250 people is like, you know, it can give you like some false positives as far as like interest level and stuff because some people in Ukulele Underground will, will 
they'll take a look at anything we do because they they trust in the brand and so that you know maybe there's some false uh, some false positives there but anyways overall building a pre-launch mailing list is essential you start marketing your app the day that you come up with an idea you don't start marketing it when it's done when you already invested money into building it and there's no don't do that if you build it they will come mentality that's an entirely wrong approach to do it and um you know if you're wondering like what should you do if you don't have a market uh, a pre-existing customer list like ukulele on your own or like a pre-existing user list you you probably have like a circle that you're a part of you know like say you know you're really into motorcycles or you're really into like anything you know you probably are a part of a some kind of community if you're really really into it um and so those are a potential customer base and you can talk to them because you can speak their language and and even if you don't even if you have no interest at all you know you can see like anybody if you have no interest at all say like you're the most boring person in the world and you're like oh Ryan I don't have like a, a bunch of customers like you and I can't talk to people like uh, I don't have easy access to people you you can always have easy access to people because you can you you will even if you have no friends and your mom is the only person to talk to your mom probably has you know a group of people that she works with or interacts with and they have problems and you can you just go cold introductions and if you can't talk to people in general then maybe you shouldn't be an entrepreneur and that's a cold fact to deal with but it sucks if you really want to do it you're going to need to learn how to talk to people and so that's something that's another topic for another show I'm digressing again and something else that I think I did pretty well is I got a pretty good well this is a good and bad thing too right false positives and assumptions the teachers that I brought in for the first cohort of teachers are badass teachers uh, badass ukulele players some of them actually were previous ukulele underground students that became really good at ukulele we also got like Trey Tarada on there who's like Jake Shimabukuro's ukulele teacher we got some really really talented people but you know we're going to talk about the assumptions I already talked about the assumptions of teacher behavior and so maybe there's some massaging not massaging of teachers but massaging of the delivery method of students to them you know cuz uh that assumption was totally off base but anyways getting both sides of the equation into the marketplace i did that so that's a good thing you know um a lot of people build a marketplace and they get nothing in there so there's things in the marketplace it's just not as much people and there's not as much action as i wanted to so what would i do differently today if i were knowing what i know now in hindsight what would i do differently how would i approach this differently so um basically uh i would what i would do today if i were if i if i came up with the idea for lesson underground today and i know everything that happened to me now or i guess i can't come up with the idea if i already know what happened to me but anyways if i were to do this again say i want to launch another thing that's related to music and ukulele underground customers would probably be interested in it I would launch a true minimal viable product MVP is such a buzzword but we got to use it cuz it's the best way to describe this. I would launch a true MVP within Ukulele on the ground without starting a new company um basically really test the product market fit, test the delivery medium of the solution meaning I, so this is what I would have done. I would have just sent out a mailing list email or created a landing page on Ukulele on the ground. Sent out a mailing list email saying here's the teachers that we have like i would just have gotten three teachers like maybe Kyle Ferrucho who's on there who's an awesome ukulele player um Trey Tarada who's Jake Shimokuro's old teacher JP from the Greens old ukulele teacher and maybe like one other guy and just have those people 
not Aldrin, because Aldrin is kind of like the face of ukulele, and there are like three other ukulele professionals, and say in the, in the mailing list, like, here are three people that, if you, do you really want to learn a song? Here are three people that can teach it to you. It's going to cost you 30 bucks to learn a song from them, and you have to book a lesson on Skype. And I would have just sent out a mailing list and have a page on Ukulele Underground. And that is a true minimal viable product because a minimal viable product is not what's the least you can build to test something. It's what's the least you can do to test something. And the least you can do is always a lot less than you think. And so this is something that we've done a lot of times in Ukulele Underground, which is why it's kind of like I can only attribute it to laziness because of the fact that we had money now. Like, for example, when we were running... Um, gift cards for Ukulele Underground Plus, UU Plus, the first time we did it, I just put up a buy now button in our store and said, like, do you want to buy, if you want to buy a gift card, just buy it here. Here's the options. And they would just buy, like, a gift card. And what I would do is I would, when the order would come in, I would just go into Photoshop and Photoshop up a gift card and go to Google search a random number generator and generate a random number. And then I'd create the random number and copy and paste that into the gift card that I just made and email it to them. And I would say, like, uh, the instructions on the gift card would be, like, to activate this gift card, email Ryan at Ukulele Underground, and he'll get it set up for you. And that's, like, you don't have to do anything. Like, you, you spend zero money. I spent zero dollars, you know, creating that gift card thing, and it worked, and people bought it. And now we have, like, a gift card system that's built in. But, you know, that's the kind of things you can do. And so that's... That's a real minimal viable product, and that's what we should have done, or that's what I would do now if I were doing it, and um, and I would take it from there. You know, testing the product market fit and solution is uh, really important. So the next steps that I'm going to need to do basically boils down to that, like testing the product market fit, testing um, that this delivery medium is what people want, this method of execution of the solution of their problem is what people are willing to pay for. And um, so, yeah, so these are things I'm going to be doing in the next week. My goal is, one, validate the, the assumption, or in, try to invalidate the, invalidate the assumption, I guess, that people are going to be willing to pay to learn a song from a teacher on Skype. Um, so that's, like, the main thing, you know, because if they're not willing to pay any money for that, uh, this is, you would just say, like, dame des in Japanese. It's, like, no fucking good. So that is something that we got to figure out. Second thing, um, so, so, the, so my idea for that is, I'll get to it later, but basically just offering it at a hugely discounted rate, like, you know, fronting the teacher's money for teaching students at a discounted rate or giving a buy one, get one free kind of deal, doing something along those lines. The sec- so, so here's a, the, my to-do list for this week. I'm, I'm going to try to record these podcasts on Fridays because I think my schedule allows Fridays to be the best day. And also, like, it's going to be good because then I'll set my to-dos on Fridays and then I'll do it the rest of the week and then I'll report on Friday again. But this is, I'm recording this on Monday. It just works out that I had some time on Monday and I'm, I got some time to do work on these things this weekend. So this is what I'm going to be doing. So I'm going to be contacting. So basically, I'm like just all jumbled right here because I have so many ideas that I want to get out into the microphone. Anyways, so for Lesson Underground, there are basically four steps that I want if you, want, if you were to simplify it, there are four steps I want every, potent, every customer to take. One is I want them to sign up for an account on Lesson Underground. Two, I want them to post a lesson request on Lesson Underground. Three, I want them to book a lesson and hire a teacher. You know, So that's the third step. And four, I want them to rebook a lesson. At, 
And so these are the four things, four actions that are desirable to me for our users on Listen Underground. And so what I need to do now is go through the tiers of users that have done various levels of these actions and talk to them and just talk to them, figure out either why they did it or why they didn't, why did they got to this step, why they didn't take the next step, and basically so on and so on. And I need to do this over the phone or Skype. You can't do this through email because it's really easy to bullshit your way through an email, you know, saying like, oh, no, it's great. I just, got, I just don't got time or whatever. If, you, if you're on the phone, you can, you, it's, 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 um, it's fluid, you know. You can play off what they're saying and really drill into something. If you're, 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 you're smelling there's a lead this way, you can drill down. So what I actually already started doing and I'm doing is I'm starting to email. So one, um, well, basically I got to email everybody on Lesson Underground, but there's like some tiers in there. Basically, so there's one person, like I said, that did all four steps. Like he signed up for an account, posted a lesson request, booked a lesson, and he rebooked another lesson with the same teacher. And so that's what I want. That's the desired, that's the exact desired behavior that I want. And so if you're lucky enough in your company or your app that you have users that have done all the desired actions that you want them to do, you need to talk to them and really figure out, you know, why they did it. And how effective you did they think the solution is. And you can, like I said, you can always learn more from success than failure. This one user that went through the, 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 um, the service is a success. So I need to derive as much information as I can from him, what I can improve based upon his recommendations from him uh, as I can, you know, as humanly possible. So it's a must that I need to get him on the phone. And so that's what I'm gonna be spending time doing. Second thing I need to hit that third, uh, the second tier is basically people that have signed up for an account and posted a song lesson. I need to talk to them and figure out why they didn't book a lesson with a teacher. And uh, I need to get them on the phone too. The next tier is basically contacting everybody who has signed up for a lesson. I signed up for a lesson on the ground, uh, but never did anything af else after that. I need to find out why they didn't post a lesson. And so basically this is this the framework to do, figure out, you know, you, you do this if you're, um, day zero for like any, any, any app, you know? Um, and then so, and then also I need to contact everybody on our mailing list who did not sign up for Lesson Underground and figure out why they didn't sign up for Lesson Underground. And so basically, you know, that's basically what I need to do. And the assumptions that I need to test, like I said earlier, are I need to test if this is something that they're willing to pay for. Now, there's some teachers, there's even teachers on Lesson Underground that are teaching private students in Skype anyway. So, you know, this is not something that's, like totally novel. It's not a totally novel idea because a lot of people teach private song lessons on or private lessons through Skype. Aldrin, our teacher on Partner and teacher on Ukulele Underground has private students that he teaches, teaches lessons to on Skype. He does that and people are like lined up, you know? And so this, this product, in fact, that we're selling is not uh, unique in any sense. It's just maybe, you know, like that's what the discovery is going to be for. It's like, is it a lot, is it a, you know, testing these assumptions? Like, so is it a price issue? Trying to figure out if it's a price issue. Is it a lack of confidence in the teacher issue? Is it a, you don't know the teacher well enough to trust them that they're going to be able to do what you want to do? Is it, um, what we need to figure out these things, you know, like basically break down each step. And so the first step that we need to break down is, is it a price issue? And so the way that I figure out I'm going to do that is, there's no easy way to do this with what we have built, but we're gonna figure out how to do it anyway. Like we're gonna offer people who have accounts on Lesson Underground. If they book a lesson, they get their next lesson free. 
And that basically cuts the price of the lesson in half. And so um, if they're not willing to take that offer, I'm going to be hard-pressed to think that at least this group of people on the site now who, you know, aren't going to be willing to pay for anything. Because if you're going to... If you're not going to take advantage of a buy one get one free for something that you're going to be, you plan to be taking over and over again, which is what the idea is for Lesson Underground, um, it's going to be, it's going to be pretty shitty for us if that's the case. So like, I mean, not shitty like in a way that like it's going to make me feel bad, but it's just like at that point we're going to need to figure out a better product market fit. We're going to need to do the dreaded word pivot, which I fucking hate that word because it's so overused now. But we're going to need to figure out a better way to service these customers because at the end of the day. Business is just for about serving customers. The thing about me is like, I, I like making money, you know. Like, but it's a, it's a different reason why people would think I like making money. Like, I like making money because, to me, I've I've written about this on my blog in the past. Like, making money um, as an entrepreneur, especially, is a, is a, the best gauge of how much value you're bringing to the world. And so I don't I don't want to make money just for the sake of making money to buy fancy shit. Like, I want to make money because, to me, like that's how I measure myself as measure my effectiveness of serving people, and so you know. But yeah, but basically, if people aren't willing to pay, take a take a buy one get one free offer on something that you know they want, then maybe it's not a viable product. So that's the first level, the the lowest level of assumption that I need to, to invalidate or validate. And then the second one, after, the ones after that, are basically you know uh, invalidating. Are validating um, like uh, the 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 confidence issues, whether it's confidence issues with, with uh, the teacher, um, the teachers, and validating why the teachers um, aren't booking lessons. Maybe it's like a my assumption right there for the teachers is like they're not comfortable selling themselves and being in an active sales environment. So maybe for them, it might be better if I just we just hand feed them or just lead them lead students right to them and like. M- really, really matchmake for them, you know, like, oh, here, Kyle, here's a student that we found that's interested in learning a song. Do you want to take this student on? They're willing to, they're willing to pay you this much money. And maybe that's what it's going to take to get the teachers more involved. Um, so this, so basically, that's what I'm going to be working on this week. Most importantly, I'm not, I, probably, I might not get everything done, but I want to really, at least, my to-dos this week is send out emails to everybody who's already a member of Lesson Underground, not using the mailing list, this is going to be individually sending out because um, I think that's just how I should do it. And getting them on the phone, like scheduling them to get them on the phone based upon their schedule. Um, yeah, and so we'll check back on Friday and we'll see how things are going. Uh, hopefully things are, I'll have something to report, you know. Hopefully I, I've, I will have been able to get some people on the phone And we'll see our next steps with Lesson Underground and this journey that you're taking with me then. So I'll see you there. See you next time.